Welcome to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Silito. This podcast is a result of my purpose to help ambitious business owners like you avoid stress, overwhelm, and burnout in the workplace. In this podcast, I share everything I've learned about how to grow a profitable business, stay fit and healthy, maintain strong relationships, and develop the right mindset for success. So you can thrive, feel inspired, and work at your full potential. It's Brad Kearns. Welcome to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Andrew. Another primal health coach spreading the word around the globe. Exactly. Yeah. So I, as I was saying earlier, I've been listening to your voice for the last two years on the tutorials. And um, so I feel like I already know you, but this is it's the first time you've met me. Um, but the main, the main focus of today really is to help our listeners who are really pushing themselves uh, either physically, uh, but trying to stay on top of their work, trying to run a business, lead a business, trying to stay healthy, trying to eat well in this fast-paced digital world that we're in. And I know that you're a big fan. And, and, and actually, you've been very influential in my life, actually, Brad, you and, and, and yourself and, and Mark Sisson, in just slowing life down and, and really thinking differently about my training and how I train, where I used to be you know, in the CrossFit gym every day, just burning myself out, leaving nothing in the tank, any reserves. So, so I think there's something in that that our listeners would be really interested in about training. Um, and you've pushed yourself hard over the years as a triathlete. So, so tell us, just tell us a few things that you think our listeners would really benefit, the, the, the business leaders, the business owners out there who are trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle in this fast-paced world that we're in. Well, I think that was a great setup, and there's so many things to address there uh, in your in your stream of commentary there. And one of them is this tendency is extremely common to overdo it uh, on the workout side. And actually, in many other areas, too, we see in the diet scene a condition called orthorexia, where people are overly concerned with uh, unnatural fixation with eating the correct foods to the extent that it uh, stresses them out and adds to the stress level of their life. But especially in the exercise scene, the gyms, on the roads, uh, people tend to overdo it because the personality, the, the personality style, the attributes that you start out with are the ones that can become your worst enemy. Like who's going to get off their butt and go into the gym? It's the people who are highly motivated, type A, driven, focused people. And then they get in their own way and tend to uh, destroy their health in pursuit of fitness. So we have to make that critical distinction between fitness and health. And when I was I was a professional triathlete for nine years, I traveled all over the world. I trained all day. I slept for half of my life during the time I was on the circuit, 10 hours a night, two hour nap every afternoon. But I was constantly pushing my body right up to that red line, up to the edge of uh, compromising my health. So I had to learn the hard way over and over again that these two things have to stay in balance. Otherwise, you're going to you know, not reap the intended benefits or the stated benefits and your stated goals of getting into the gym is, well, I want to balance my busy work schedule. I want to promote longevity. I want to reach these goals and feel good about myself. Well, and then you're out there doing a workout that you know you shouldn't do or training through an injury or an illness. Then we have to sit back and I, I coach people for a long time and they were mostly in the triathlon scene. And you're talking about an extremely driven person where some of the coaching element was just to sit down and say, hey, um, what are you all about here? Because you wrote on your uh, personal profile that you want to be a role model to your young children and cross the finish line and they can watch you. But then you're entering a race with 103 degree fever. 
how is that a role model to anybody, including yeah. yourself? So I think the first thing we got to do is examine what's going on out there. Why am I doing this to myself? What void am I trying to fill with over-exercising? And then kind of correct that, go back to the cause and correct that and be, be kind and gentle and give yourself permission, for example, to rest or to go easy on yourself or go get a massage or whatever it is you need to do to balance your life. And um, if if it's not hitting home, if my message is being discarded uh, you know, tomorrow by the person listening, I think we also have to acknowledge that maybe it's okay if you're out there to blow off some steam, uh, unleash some competitive intensity in possibly an inappropriate manner, one that might compromise your health. If that's your game and that's your journey that you're on, so be it because uh, you know we, we can't stop it. So if you just acknowledge, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm bashing my body today because my boss got mad at me and I can't process it any other way then that's the way it's going to go. And maybe someday you'll be ready to make a choice and make a decision to move on from that previous uh, trap that you've been caught in. Yeah. So there was a few, there were a few things that I heard and I'll just, just play them back because I think they were really interesting. One was the, the stress of trying to manage healthy living actually can have a reverse effect because we perhaps become so consumed by it. You know, I'm trying to follow this diet or that diet and I'm all in on keto uh, I'm all in on, you know, I've heard about the carnivore diet and watching Joe Rogan. Now I'm thinking I'm going to go carnivore for the next 30 days. And and then there's something else and something else. And I, and I, I think that's interesting to for people. Um, the other thing I think I heard was that typically, it's a bit of a sweeping statement, but ambitious people that are running their businesses tend, tend to be ambitious in all areas of their life. So they want to be the best parent in the world. They want to be the best husband or wife. They want to be uh, they're not going to just do the 5k. They're going to do the, the Ironman triathlon because <clears throat> right off the bat, because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. And there's something about that, that intensity. And and I think what you were saying there, just about accepting that's who I am. You know, the, the starting point is that if I'm going to go all in and really drive myself into the ground, because that's just how I'm wired. There's something about just accepting that for a moment before we can actually move forward and, and make some change happen and, and realize that doing less is in some cases is a lot more. Oh my gosh. It's so parallel to the workplace example. And we have so many examples of people overworking and spending too many hours immersed into their peak cognitive tasks, their main core responsibilities of life at the expense of whatever else. But a lot of times you're there because you can't bear to go home early and face the problems uh, in, in your own home or, or things like that. And yeah. if we can just acknowledge that we are more productive, more focused, make better decisions or more creative when our lives are in balance, when we do get to the gym, if you're one of those people that's not getting to the gym and the longer we work, and there's some research that uh, we cited, I think in our new book, Keto for Life, that uh, Mark Sisson and I are working on the books together, uh, that there's something like, uh, 55 hours a week is when you really fall off a cliff and you become so unproductive that it's a blanket statement that it's absolutely uh, never going to be anything of benefit. And I think it backs up to somewhere around 40 hours a week where you start to become less efficient and less productive. So things take 20% longer if you work more than 40 hours a week. So if yeah. you're congratulating yourself that you just put in 50 hours a week, you probably should go back to 40 and do things more efficiently and make decisions more quickly and not get losing lost documents. Uh, American workers spend something like 100 hours a year looking for lost documents 
maybe it's even more than that. I forgot to think, but um, you know, we, we get stuck in these traps. I believe one of the big things to blame is hyperconnectivity. So we never give our brains a downtime to sit back and reflect. And I can recall many times in my career path that the insights and the, the clear decision-making has come to me, for example, when I was out on the trails, uh, exercising my body and communing with nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's, there's a couple of things there. One was the, something that's beginning popular is the four-day week, you know, where people are actually being more productive in a four-day week and then having three days off to shut it down and, and recover and rejuvenate. Um, and also this pressure that unless we're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week, it's kind of like a badge of honor, you know, some sort of, you know, unless we are, you know, Elon Musk, I, I put a quote out the other day that Elon Musk was saying, unless you go all in and you're doing 80 to 100 hours a week, then you're probably not going to achieve what you want to achieve. And, and then that kind of filters down. We see that in all CEOs, you know, so the CEO then expects everybody to, to function that way because it's their own benchmark. And I think that's something we've got to take some recognition of is that we, you know, as business leaders, business owners, not everyone's going to meet our benchmark. And that's okay, man. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 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 I'm, re I'm recalling a passage from uh, Jack Welch's autobiography, you know, as the great leader of GE and corporate legend in America. And yeah. he was talking about how, you know, the workaholism culture that he created uh, as he rose up the ranks. And he said everything, uh, it was expected that you'd come in on Saturday if you wanted to rise to the executive ranks. And he goes, I know I uh, compromised some areas of my life. And then the next sentence, I will never forget it as long as I live. The sentence went like this. For example, comma, my children, da, 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 da. So he's <laughs> using his children as an example of stuff he missed out on. For example, my kitchen wasn't as clean. For example, I didn't lift as much weight in, in the gym. He's yeah, saying yeah. his children. Now, I'm a parent. My kids are now in the adult, uh, you know, they're 22 and 20 years old. So I've been right. through that journey of when you were really all in. And they yeah. weren't, they weren't for example, they were like, you know, my, 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 probably my highest purpose for being in those years as a yeah. parent was to yeah. raise children. And yeah. so, you know, I'm shaking my head going, wow, uh, you want to, you want to live a life out of balance and, and live with regrets when you're older, you know, read some other people's words, take things to heart and be all in at the moment and make sure you can live, you know, where there's no guarantee of tomorrow. Uh, us uh, folks here in America, sports fans are absolutely mourning and devastated by the death of Kobe oh, Bryant oh, yeah. and his daughter and seven other passengers on the helicopter. And I can't get it out of my mind. And this guy, mm -hmm. he meant so much to me and my son as my son went through the basketball journey. And it was such a wonderful thing for father and son to go through together. I was the coach and we're playing mm -hmm. in the games and practicing. And, you know, he thought, he had a lot of security, wouldn't you agree? His his venture fund is worth $2 billion, et cetera, et cetera. But there's yeah. no security of anything, no matter who you are. So we no. might as well make the best of today. And so I'm here on the show arguing for protect your health, man, in pursuit of yeah. fitness, balance your work efforts with your uh, personal life. And guess what? You may uh, go beyond that person who was stuck in the workaholic mode. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, that rings true with me, you know, having experienced that myself and some, you know, burnout and, you know, a very shaky relationship for two years where I was all in on my business and working with the the British inline hockey team and, you know, raising three children. Very, very challenging. And, and one of the things that's come out of my coaching program is, and it's always the same, is that everybody says it. If I just focus on my body, my relationships and my mindset, the business takes care of itself. I've just got to make sure that all that's on point. And then I just go into work as the best version of myself. And 
it, make, it makes it makes so we call it the four keys where we just we just follow those implement those every day the business the business thrives so so based on your experience you know you're an entrepreneur yourself you've you've created a, a very successful health coaching business um, that's going to require a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of thinking. Uh, and I, I, I've seen the work that you've put into this. What, what's your advice for those business owners, business leaders who are looking to scale, looking to grow um, and, and maintain some level of fitness, health, and even cognitive ability? You know, I know you're a big fan of slowing down and being mindful. And so what, what would be your big, big tips for our listeners uh, one of my favorite advice in terms of uh, progressing with your career comes from the comedian Jerry Seinfeld. Are you guys familiar with him over there yeah, across the ocean? Sure. Yeah. And yeah. he um, he related how, you know, young comics would come up to him all the time and say, hey, uh, you know, did, did you hear my set? You know, what, what do you think? What, how, how do I get on The Tonight Show? How do I get my own series? Blah, blah, blah. And his uh, standard advice to a young up and coming comic is work on your act. Right. That's yeah, it. Act. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Work yeah. on your act. And so if you can you know, excel in your core area of responsibility and your, your highest passion, the highest expression of your talents, there's nothing else that you, you should even mention uh, when you're, when you're talking about this topic. And so what I try to do is um, keep a little bit of uh, recognition uh, if I am indeed uh, pursuing the highest expression of my talents uh, in a micro level as well as a macro with the big decisions of where your career is headed, but also what am I doing this morning uh, digging into my email inbox when I'm supposed to be writing a book? And I think my my situation is a really illustrative example because my main contribution is to crank out content like books, which are very difficult to write. Uh, and the, the visual content that you have in the Primal Health Coach program, these are things that are, you know, uh, a, long, a long journey of uh, creating, editing, refining. And so the hyperconnectivity and the need or the desire to communicate back and forth with email and constantly stay connected uh, is very, very distracting and very destructive. And so that's kind of my mission for 2020 is to focus more because everyone can succumb. We're all victims to the allure yeah. of the dopamine hit, as Dr. James, uh, Dr. Robert Lustig says in a new book called The Hacking of the American Mind. You should pick it up over there, too. But he's talking about how we've all become addicts in various ways to the instant hit of pleasure that we get from sugar, alcohol. Was book, wasn't it? He talked about sugar originally. He was one of the original writers. He's on one of the leading anti-sugar crusaders saying how it's an addictive substance. And then he expanded the topics in this book to talk about uh, social media, uh, digital devices, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, mind-altering drugs, uh, video games, porn. All these things hit the dopamine pathways and flood them to the extent that we're incapable or less capable of experiencing happiness and contentment, which are the serotonin pathways. And how do yeah. you experience happiness and contentment in life? It's struggling and persevering through difficulties and challenges to become a better person. And now we can theoretically sit back, uh, fire up the video game and, and kill a bunch of soldiers and, and win the battle. And we're, we have instant pleasure and instant gratification. Same with sugar. You're trying to proceed on, on making healthy dietary choices, but you know, if you stick your spoon into that pint of ice cream, you're going to have your, your day's going to get better all of a sudden. Yeah. So well, for about we can, five seconds, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this is what Scott Peck used to. We wrote about, you know, in the road, the uh, the book, the road less traveled. I mean, he talked about just you've got to get through some pain. You've got to accept that life's difficult, and you've got to embrace that pain because that's what shapes us as people. Uh, and now we've got so many ways to distract ourselves <laughs> and and just have, like you say, create that dopamine effect. Um, and I and I also think that might be one of the re- well, I think it is one of the reasons the driving forces why business owners get burnt out because they get so addicted to the the win, the success, the deal, and you know that that feeling, that euphoria that you get from doing a deal that just drives them to go further and further and further. It's one of those things that people say might be related to the, the 2008 crash, you know, that drive to, you know, to, to, to make more money and more money and more money just ends up ending in, in, in chaos. And I think that that happens for a lot of business owners in a way of burnout. Um, so, so many great things there and so many great tips uh, for, for our business owners and, and leaders that are listening to this. What else would you say? You, you, you've got a few things that you've talked about. Um, anything else that you think would be a, a a great idea, great way of, you know, even focusing? You mentioned about focus. You know, there's one thing trying to get away from all this stuff, but how do you focus and and, and stay on point and, and ignore these distractions? Well, you have to put some systems in place and use repetition and endurance to create habits uh, because otherwise we're, we're too weak and we're going to succumb and we're going to fail. And right. so if you can get things into this new category of absolutely mindless and automatic, where you do not have to apply motivation and willpower to achieve these objectives and motivation is highly, highly overrated uh, in, in any circumstance. I try to communicate this message to my kids and whoever else will listen that you know it's it's not all going to be about uh instant uh, gratification and and pleasures throughout the day but we're immersed into this world where these giant powerful forces these corporate forces are luring us in to give us that instant dose of pleasure at the expense of what we're supposed to be doing social media is the best example of that they yeah. draw you in and they're very clever and skilled at that so one quick example that i have uh, you can see it on YouTube. It's called Brad Kern's Morning Flexibility Mobility Routine. And I designed this custom leg and core exercise. And I do it every single morning. I get out of bed. And the first thing I do is I hit the deck before I reach for my phone, which is what 84% of Americans do. The very first thing we share is a reach for that phone. And as yeah. soon as we reach for the phone, we put our brain into the reactive mode. It's kind of a lower mode of thinking and processing than that esteemed uh, brain function, which is uh, problem solving, strategic planning, thinking, which is what we might want to be first thing in the morning. So yeah. instead of reaching for the, my phone, I hit the deck and I do a very mindful experience of doing uh, 30 leg scissors and 20 frog legs and 20 core drills and I don't have to think, do I feel like doing this or not? Even if I'm running short of time, I'm going to get it done. And if I skip it because I have to get an early morning flight, I do it that night. So I can proudly say to the world, and this is important to me to be able to say, look, I do this every single day, no matter what, without fail, even if I don't feel like it. And it's become now, it's been uh, three and a half years nonstop since I first started wow. it. The video is a couple few years old. I used to do it in bed, but then I realized that squ squishing into the mattress, it's way easier than if you do it on the ground. So now I do it on the right. ground, cool. but just well, a I'll tiny example. I'll yeah. put the link for our, our viewers to watch that. I'll, I'll sure. put it in the, um, in the show notes so they can see it. Uh, yeah, and it's, it really is anything that's proactive and advocating for your own health and well-being. So if you have a dog and you want to be a responsible dog owner, 
get up first thing in the morning, leash up your dog and take the animal outside into the fresh air and the sunshine and the open space. And, you know, not only congratulate yourself for doing what, what the animal, the bare minimum the animal deserves, but also getting out there and doing something that's habitual. And yeah. now if we can start stacking these things together, uh, you build momentum toward uh, being this way throughout your productive workday. And I, I can't say I'm a superstar at that level, but at least I do my morning drills. And then I go plunge into the chest freezer, which is also on YouTube, Brad yeah. Kern's chest freezer, cold plunge. I was going to ask you about that because yeah. a lot of viewers, you know, Wim Hof's getting a, a bit of traction. And um, did you train with Wim Hof or is it something you just did yourself? Uh, you know what? I'm really fascinated by the, the Wim Hof breathing technique, that uh, controlled hyperventilation to where yeah. you can overcome uh, incredible, you can perform incredible feats. There's a great book called um, What Doesn't Kill Us by Scott Carney. I had him as a guest on my podcast, Get Over Yourself podcast. And he uh, climbed a snowy peak in Poland with one week of training wearing just nothing but running shorts and sneakers. Uh, and he thought he was going to be an investigative journalist and destroy this guy as a fraud. And he's like, uh, people, this stuff works and it's incredible. So, you know, mind over body. But in my case, uh, what the morning cold plunge means to me is sort of an opportunity to uh, promote focus and discipline and resilience. So I don't do anything special before I jump in. I don't want to delay that action at all. I want to finish my morning leg swings and I go right downstairs and jump into the tub, whether I feel like it or not. So it's even it's an even more powerful example because every single day, even though I've done it now for a, a, it's two and a half, three years now, um, I tell myself a story in my head like, oh, the, the, the floor needs sweeping. Maybe I'll sweep the floor first and oh, make some more uh, tea recipe for my wife to take to work before I jump in. And every day I have to process through this wimpy uh, thought process. And instead, just as Tony Robbins said, who's a huge cold plunge enthusiast himself, mm -hmm. he says, it's my mind telling my body what to do, to not hesitate, but to act. So if we can get that way in everything that we need to do, but we somehow are uh, you know, procrastinating or all these things that we engage in to kind of diffuse the stress. Uh, yeah. it, I think it puts you into that more resilient mindset, which is so important these days amidst distraction and also amidst uh, getting discouraged because we're all suffering from this condition of FOMO, fear of missing out, they call it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, boy, that can be that can be some serious serious problem. Uh, Dr. Ron Sinha, a friend of mine who wrote a great book, The South Asian Health Solution, he takes care of high-income patients in California, Silicon Valley, and he says they all suffer from FOMO because there's so much wealth around them that even if they're doing fantastically well by any measure, they have the highest incomes of any population group probably anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. They still have a fear of missing out or FOQ. You know what FOQ is, Andrew? Oh, what is that? That's a, that's a new one for me. I've, I'm familiar with FOMO, but not F that one. Folk you too. Fear <laughs> of keeping up. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and do you know what? There's just there's always another another level. Like in the entrepreneurial world, you know, it's that desire to keep making money, and you know, I've got to have the next car, the bigger car, bigger car than my neighbor. It's all that kind of thing. I've got a a client who is a Hollywood superstar. I mean, big star. And we've been working together for about a year. And she said in her circle of friends, she still can't keep up, you know, and, and, and there's just a whole nother level of money and, you know, the stuff going out and how they spend their money. It's just crazy. It just never stops, never ends. So I like that. Folk, folk, folk you. Folk you too. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Excellent. Um, just, just one last thing then before we wrap up. Uh, talk to me about stress and 
the the positive effects of bringing on stress so things like going into the the water plunge fasting etc tell us just a little bit more about about that oh yeah great that's a really important concept because this word stress is bantered around to convey uh, a large number of uh, circumstances and so we have to distinguish between an appropriate uh, positive natural stressor that delivers a net positive benefit. So the term for that is a hormetic stressor. And that means, you know, challenging your body and it responds by coming back stronger and more resilient. Uh, right. Now we have in modern life, this condition of chronic stress. And so the, the human organism is not adapted to withstand chronic stress day after day after day. We have something called the fight or flight response. It's one of the most precious genetic mechanisms we have. And that's where we function at a heightened level when uh, pre uh, presented with a life or death stress. So uh, focus goes up, heart rate, blood pressure, all these things were highly alert and energized to make good decisions and perform physically. And what happens is we call upon this every single day as soon as we uh, walk through the office door and get into the battle that we fight every day. And then we go to the gym and we push our bodies to get that uh, instant gratification sense that we accomplish something. And we're yeah. chronically overproducing stress hormones. This leads to breakdown, burnout, illness, and injury. Everybody knows that probably been there at one point or another in their life. So we want to transition over to uh, pushing and challenging the body with these appropriate stressors, because otherwise we're going to head down this path of uh, indulgence, comfort, decadence, luxury, where we become soft and lazy and mm -hmm. spoiled and all these things. So when I mention these quick examples over the show of jumping into the cold water, I'm only going in there for five to six minutes. Now that's a lot when it's 36 degree water, but I've worked up from three minutes. But if you want to go in for one minute or do something that really shocks you for well, a, a short duration, 30 seconds. Yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, in the gym, when I go and do a brief explosive high intensity workouts, I'm over and done with in 20 minutes. I'm not in there for an hour exhausting my body by going back to the weight machine over and over and over or yeah. engaging in a prolonged group training program where the first 27 minutes were wonderful. The next 15 were kind of tough and I was kind of, you know, uh, pushing it too hard. And then yeah. the final 12 is what puts you into the coffin so that you're eating the ice cream that night. So we yeah. want to just shorten the duration of these positive natural stressors and tone down those uh, ability to get away from those chronic stressors. Now, guess what the, uh, the, the reality about chronic stress is? A lot of it's in our mind. It's in our control. Our thoughts are the source of all our pain. So when we feel stressed out about this, that, or the other thing, we can live in a different uh, state of mind, control our mindset, and therefore these things that we perceive to be stressful, a traffic jam, a difficult boss whose personality is coming out again and drives you crazy deep down inside, you can mm -hmm. look at that person with a loving compassion and heart and say, they're doing their best with the tools that they've been given. They haven't been given that many tools in there, or they ain't using the tools they've been given. All right. that, uh, irregardless, yeah. you can take control of your stress response and float through the day in a much better circumstance than constantly getting agitated when the world's not exactly as you perceive that it should be. Yeah, it's that ability to self-regulate, to, to manage the emotions under pressure and, and so on. That's and where the breathing yeah. comes in, because if you yeah. can work on things like intentional breathing, or in my case, if uh, any cold plunge enthusiast, if you can develop the ability to overcome the instant shock 
effect of the cold and breathe through it. So I just do a routine deep breathing exercise where I'm focusing on my breathing. If I can overcome that stress, I know that if some guy challenges me in a traffic altercation, I'm going to be able to take a deep breath, flip him off five times in a row. That's my <laughs> example of, sorry about that. My bad, because you don't know what kind of day that person's had. Yeah. You're seeing the tip of the iceberg with everybody that you interact with. And a lot of people are struggling and suffering and they're not going to be perfect. Yeah, you just never know what's going on for them. Yeah, it's great. Well, Brad, we're, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, we've been speaking for well more than 20 minutes. Normally, we keep it to about 15. So it's been absolutely fun just hearing you speak and, and, and uh, dropping so many good good tips uh, for us. Um, so where's the bit? I know you've got your podcast. You've got the books. Where's If we could send them to one place, where, where should we send them to find out more about you? Oh my goodness, you have to go to bradkearns.com. You can see these crazy videos like me breaking that Guinness World Record in the crazy sport of speed golf. Uh, yep. There's Our books are up there and all kinds of other fun stuff and the podcast landing page is there. So I have this podcast called Get Over Yourself. Not trying to be saucy with my title, but it's my goal in my own life, especially when I was an athlete and got caught up in self-importance so easily. If yep. I could get over myself, and just appreciate the process and not re and not attach my self-esteem to the outcome, that's when I was in my most powerful position as a person, an athlete, a parent, a business person, whatever it is. So the Get Over Yourself podcast could be a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, just get get out there and listen to it. To, it, it really is a very good podcast. Um, so thank you so much. So that's www.bradkerns, that's K-E-A-R-N-S.com. Check out the podcast. Brad, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you for jumping on and doing this live. This is the live show. So that's been awesome. Brilliant. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Andrew. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, head over to andrewsilito.com.